Can you say cerveza? It's time for the beer podcast, Morty. Worst beer podcast ever. Steve and Adam. Ah, funny guys. Hop Nation USA, beer podcast leaders for over five years. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the Hop Nation USA podcast. 264 is the number, but you knew that because you read the title before you clicked play. So thank you for that. I am Adam. Uh, with me is Steve. Steve is here, too. We were able to wrangle him in for another episode somehow. They got me. Well, we just said, hey, seven o'clock. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'm there. Yep. <laughs> that's do. that's about it. Uh but uh, as you can tell, the audio, audio quality is just a little bit different. Not bad by any stretch, just a little bit different. But that is because we are on Zoom, because we are reaching outside of the Pittsburgh market. Mm-hmm. We're talking nationwide. Well, yeah, nationwide or at least North Carolina wide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, we do have a special guest, uh, John Dispenza. He is back with us to talk beer. Uh, he was with us. Uh, what was that? A year and a half ago, two years ago. It was within COVID times and yes. there was another Zoom episode. So I'm going to guess it was 2020 or early 2021. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll say episode 175. Sure. Good show. <laughs> it was. But uh, John, welcome back to the show. Honestly, pleasure to be here. You guys uh, are really far away from me, uh, nearly internationally far away. No, that's wrong, but coastally far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to drink a beer with you. And I guess for that, Zoom isn't all bad. Agreed. For most other things, it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's the one silver lining is we're able to talk to people we wouldn't normally be able to, such as yourself. And with that in mind, I think we have to talk about the beers we've got in front of us. Uh, John, you're our guest. You get to go first. What are you drinking? Well, um, this isn't the first time I've drank a beer that's out of production, but this is the weirdest out of production beer that I'm drinking. Uh, To start the show tonight, I'm drinking a beer called True Light, made by True Colors Brewing. Uh, I I was there when they made this beer a couple of weeks ago. I was there when they canned it. I was there when it got picked up for distribution, and I was there when they said we're no longer a brewery. So I took some home, and now it's a relic, but it still tastes good. Right on. What uh, what were the numbers on that beer? My bad. This is a 4.2% American light lager. Uh, it's kind of brewed and designed to compete with something like Michelob Ultra. It's less than 100 calories in a can. Um, it's good for like, you know, mowing the lawn or uh, pretending that you're responsible before you start slamming <laughs> IPAs. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Although we don't really need to get into the numbers because you can't get it anymore. But well, but a, it's still it's still important to know. It is important. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some shelfies out there sitting around North Carolina grocery stores. So you know, if, if anyone wants to drive down from Pittsburgh, look for a Harris Teeter. Yeah, you know what? I do like me a Harris Teeter. I will it's, admit it's a fun name. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, how about yourself? What do you got for this episode? Well, I, I think just you know quickly we should touch on you know why John's drinking a True Light. Uh, yes, we should. You know, <laughs> uh, John did work for True Colors uh, before they shut down. So uh, I think, you know, a good portion of this episode, we'll be talking a little bit about that and just kind of the story behind that brewery. Um, but yeah, for myself, I'm going classic. Ooh. Yes. So our friend uh, over at the Beer in Front podcast, he is yes. running, yeah, he is running a kind of a, a classic throwback 
uh, Beer in Front Awards. And he, he was looking to have a number of podcasts and beer personalities to just go through and rank some classic uh, macros because a lot of us haven't been drinking macro for a long time. So maybe we should go back and revisit that. <laughs> you know, does it still suck? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but now we know. But now we know. Uh, but also Dave is encouraging us to drink some of the more favorited uh craft beers from back in the day that we probably don't drink either mm -hmm. you know things that we were definitely drinking 2007 2008 and with that i am drinking the edmund fitzgerald porter now that's by, a classic yeah by great lakes brewery out up in the, that there cleveland and that <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, an awesome porter yeah it really is and honestly mm -hmm. it has probably been over 10 years if not more since i've had one and like, I can tell you, like going back and revisiting it now, it like, you can definitely tell it's a mass market porter just because it's not overly, it's it, like, it's really well balanced. So like, it's definitely well-made, but like, it's also not overly bitter in any way. It's not like overly roasty in a coffee way. It's just kind of straight down the middle. Um, it does come off though, a little more flavorful and bitter than like a Guinness stout. So okay. Yeah, just you know, of the tasting, those like it's a little bit more than that, but like comparative to like other porters, especially ones that we have up here in Pittsburgh, it nowhere near reaches like the bitterness and roast roast that you get from like the craft brewery. I'm I'm glad to see that uh, that it's still kicking because that's to me that's a baseline porter. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's a total baseline porter, and I think I might go back and revisit some of the other Great Lakes stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is good. And it's just like, I guess I've been forgetting. <laughs> you, know? you just keep walking right past it. I get it. Keep yeah, you keep walking past it. But yeah, so I'm revisiting that one. And, you know, again, shout out to Dave at Beer in Front and keep an eye out for the Beer in Front Awards because Adam and I are participating and we'll have our rankings and thoughts on a lot of these classic beers from the past. But And, and just so you know, Jenny Cream is going to be first. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> In the meantime, Adam, what are you drinking? So I did not go uh, old school. I went a bit new school. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a beer from uh, the Mackay Brewing Company. They're out of some damn where. Uh, Ocean Isle Beach, uh, North Carolina. And this is their What the Fuggle Oatmeal Stout. Mm, big surprises I all around. Right. <laughs> it's an oatmeal stout called What the Fuggle. That is tailor-made for me. Uh 4.8 on the ABV. Uh, shout out to a friend of the show, Greg. He hooked me up with this beer. So thank you, Greg. Good people. If I remember correctly, uh, John, this is from your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's I'm, honestly, so I'll, I'll, I'll claim ignorance here. I'd never heard of them, but they're probably only about an hour away from where I am right now. Right on. So may, maybe similar to like walking past an Eddie Fitz at the grocery store because you've seen it a thousand times. I almost think that sometimes I do that like, oh, there's a new craft brewery, but there's still 30 more that opened up in this zip code. So mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up all around. It's an embarrassment right. of riches. It's a good time to drink beer. Yes. Yes. Uh, that is definitely good problems. I suffer from it myself. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, as for the beer itself. Yeah. Come on. It's tailor made for me. It's great. I love it. I, uh, I'm glad I got a four pack because that means I get to drink more of it. It's like uh, almost like Wilmington's trying to like coerce you to go move there. 
Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, we have this beer. It's everything that you love. It's a stout, <laughs> and it's also made with Fuggle, and we put it on the name. I mean, it's hey, also- you know what? They stuff a $20 bill in there. I might just come down. Fair enough. You know, yeah. I'm I'm able to be bribed. I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's not a good bribe because you'll just spend it on another four pack. Well, yeah, they're getting their money right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real easy bribe for them. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? But I appreciate the effort. Mm. <laughs> Great. Well, with that, let's move on to what we're talking about this episode. And we just wanted to reconnect with John. You were close, Adam, uh, when saying John was last on on episode 175. It was actually like 193. Yeah, it's within 10%. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of close. But yeah, uh, John was on with Greg, actually. Yes, we were we were talking about the Wilmington beer scene in general. But for those of you who don't know, John was a member of the Untapped podcast when it was on, and as we also mentioned, John was a part of the True Colors Brewery. Uh, recently, you may have seen the article that came out in the New Yorker, or you heard the little blurb on the Brewbound podcast uh, mentioning that True Colors was closing, and they did in fact close September 9th. Um, but I just want to get a little into, uh, John, can you tell us like about the brewery, like what its mission was and like the whole purpose behind it? Yeah, it's, it is. I'm glad this is a podcast cause it'd be hard to do it in, in like a quick TLDR, but mm-hmm. in my best like intro summation, true colors was a business that was created to provide jobs to people that couldn't get them. I mean, in a, in a, in a high level view, it was created by one of the uh, board members of Untapped. So they had a little bit of knowledge of the beer world and decided, okay, I've learned about beer. And in my city, in in the city that he's from in Wilmington, there was a violent, a gun violence problem. And a lot of it was blamed on gang members, rightfully so, because they actually proliferate a lot of the gun violence in Wilmington. So George Taylor, the founder of True Colors, spent the better half of three years working with the local DA, sitting down with gang leadership, trying to figure out, you know, what is it that puts you in this situation and what is it that keeps you there from day to day? And all the conversations, according to George, came back to, you know, like we can't walk in and get an accounting job or work at H&R Block. It's like Bojangles, rapper or sell things on the street that's where the gang comes in. So at least you've got like a network and people that could kind of look out for you. Violence plays an issue. So George says, all right, if we were able to start a company and you guys were able to collect a paycheck, have healthcare, things for your kids, would that be enough to get you to kind of put an end to the gun violence in your gangs? And that was the, that was the beginning of true colors uh, that, that took a lot of George's time and money to really get started. Um, but it was great to kind of watch it from the outside as it went from idea to their first couple of experimental beers and getting a proper place. And unfortunately, I was also there for when they threw the towel in as well. But it was, a, I mean, it was a good mission. I'll stop ranting. Yeah, <laughs> well, I totally agree, though. It, it, it was a good mission. And mm-hmm. just uh, reading through. Uh, what George released as far as like a statement upon their closing, one of the things that he said that stuck out to me was about how uh, just kind of a mission statement they had around the brewery was don't judge my choices until you understand my options. And you kind of already mentioned, John, what people's options are. And I like the mission statement of the brewery 
as just trying to be a new option, a new way for people to get out and, and like actually find employment because that's one of the hardest things of bar, about our system is when you know you're convicted of a crime and you go to jail, like getting employment afterwards, you know, finding forgiveness and rehabilitation, you know, afterwards is hard enough. You know, getting out while you're still in it is just as hard. So yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. It's unfortunate that True Colors did close though. Mm. I, I I mean I agree, but I think if if uh if I could be an optimist, which I'm starting to become in my old age, but um I think a lot of the guys that were there are gonna I mean, I can be honest and say that I won't be surprised if 25% of the staff is in jail before Christmas, which mm-hmm. is, which is sad because it's not like I'm saying like, Oh, cause they're gangbangers. Like we ate lunch together and shared Jimmy John's and talked about how awful their sandwiches were. Like they're, 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 <laughs> they're more like me than they are different, but they're going to go back to, you know, okay, you've got a little bit of record of event planning at this brewery that's closed now, but you've also got a felony on your record or you're listed as a gang member. And we just don't want to take a chance on that. Right. So a lot of those guys are going to have trouble staying on the path of, of g- good. If I can sound like a Gandalf imitator, but, um, but a lot of the other guys, like, I mean, some of them had weddings planned, you know, they got kids in daycare and stuff. And it was great to see them as we were closing up. There was a lot of internal members of true colors from HR or some of the marketing staff that had a lot of connections with people in the community. And they were able to get people into interviews. One of the guys who worked on our security team would be virtually unemployable in a traditional corporate nine to five world. But he had a wedding the weekend after the brewery closed and he was able to get his forklift operator license while he was at true. Like we were able to get him passed and give him the certification. And then he had an interview and he already had a new job lined up for like the week after his wedding. So little things like that, I think, a little bit of what true accomplished is able to kind of play a role in, in at least that guy's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's great. Yeah. So was there, was there anybody that uh, after they came on board uh, that really got into the craft beer side of things, uh, were there yes. people that kind of just came in looking for a job and found out that they absolutely love craft beer? Was there anything like that? That, that was, that was my hope, like taking, taking the role. When I, when I went in at true colors, my official role was just a tap room manager. So I was like, this is, you know, we'll get people into Cicerone program. We'll talk about beer. We'll let them know that it's not all Corona and Lyme. There's other things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my success rate was not as good as it was when I was serving craft beer at a grocery store, but, but again, if I can cherry pick some of my favorites, the guy I brought in to bartend with me. Uh, had been working as a line cook in between, like he, he'd gone away a long time ago and he was kind of already trying to get himself on a, on a cleaner path. Um, so we talked about food preparation and how similar it is to beer and mm. how you can have like 40 different versions of tacos and you can have 40 different versions of beers. And we actually got to the point where like him and I and his brother were going out brewery hopping while the tap room was closed and, you know, we go to all these local breweries and it, it was great to see them, you know, like, I, you know, I think I'm starting to like these New England ones, whatever the hell they are. I, I'm enjoying mm-hmm. these. Um, and that was really cool. Like some of the guys just were excited that a Belgian triple was enough to get them lit. But, <laughs> but, but in between some of that, too, uh, which isn't much different than any craft beer fan I've ever met. That's but how I started. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me exactly. too. <laughs> Wait, one of these golden monkeys and I'm done. For, mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, 
And it was, it was cool to see like some of the guys that maybe didn't even want to talk to me. Uh, Cause the first day I showed up, I made the mistake of wearing aviators with a mustache. I looked like a straight law enforcement individual. <laughs> uh, that was maybe a mistake on my part. And after we kind of hung out and I, I started to, no one believed that I was ever going to be a cop after the first couple <laughs> of days. Um, so we did a couple of like shared tastings and like one of the guys that was really, really quiet and shy. Uh, we drank some beers from new Anthem. Who's like Wilmington's Hayes Kings. And he was like, man, this is like, I didn't know beer could do this. So him and I ended up going to new Anthem and just drinking through flights of IPAs together. And he, he's like, he bought four packs of new Anthem beer, uh, having not drank anything other than like Hennessy before. So I thought that was really like little, not everyone, but there were some little wins where people did get excited about the world of craft beer. Awesome. Uh, do you know of anybody that has moved into another brewery position uh, after the closure? The only ones that are moving in that I, that I know of that went into another brewery were our brew team. Um, okay. And like for reference, we, our brew team, we had really three guys that were traditionally trained. One of them came from Brooklyn. Um, so he had experience brewing in mass and then he brewed for industrial arts before. So he had some craft experience. And then we had uh, two local guys on the team that were able to help batch out. Just, we were just brewing true light, which was a mistake. I would say only making one lager. That's mm -hmm. a tough world to compete in. Yep. Um, and they, each of them had like a gang member that would kind of shadow them and, and learn the role and learn brewing. And now one of the gang members had been there since the beginning, really took a liking to the science behind craft beer. And the other one, I was talking to him afterwards and he's like, man, I, I hate beer. Like I love the mission of true colors. And I know that this is something I can do to help one of my friends get a job, but I don't want to have anything to do with beer after this. <laughs> I, was like, I appreciate that, man. For what it's worth. Thanks for showing up every day. Yep. You're not much different yeah, yeah. than a normal brewer. <laughs> <laughs> See that that's the thing is, you know, you, you only brewed the one lawyer. Had you been brewing craft stuff, then he could have been much more like a normal brewer because then he could have been like, ah, I just want to brew lagers. Why do I go out brew these goddamn <laughs> IPAs again? Our head brewer from Brooklyn, that was pretty much his that was his job interview. Only, <laughs> one clean lager, dope. I'm sold. Uh, <laughs> just showed up with a 12 pack of hams. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do one thing to compete with <laughs> Michelob Ultra can do <laughs> <laughs> kind of like tangentially. Th this reminds me, I don't know if either of you watched the, uh, the killer Mike TV show that was on Netflix. I have not. Um, no. Okay. No. So, so it's called trigger warning, but one of the episodes was all about kind of uh, doing something very similar to what true colors did. And that was, he got uh, gang members together to make uh, soda. Okay. And so, and so he was basically trying to bring back like the original intentions of the gangs, uh, of that were for the bloods and the crypts. Like originally they were intended to be community watch, you know, yeah. uh, and they're, they're meant to watch the community, but you know, obviously violence and drugs have permeated both, you know, both of these gangs, but he was trying to retake that image for them and as well as provide opportunities and jobs. And so like he had them, you know, just brewing soda and like, uh, one of them's Crip Cola and I forget what the blood version was, but you know, they, I think they were both working in the same distribution center. It's just like they made the same soda, but put it into different packaging. 
So you could, oh. <laughs> you know, and we're making sure. left Twix and right Twix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that's how it came down, but you know, they were working together. They were, you know, and they had jobs and they had something to work forward. And then they were able to put it out into the community because it was a black owned brand that mm. they could sell it to the community. And they, it was also like, you know, he made sure it was like real sugar and things like that. So it was more on a competitive level of not being like the corn syrup trash that you get out there. So I think you can still find it. It just, it just, this just reminded me of that. Um, but it, and that's a shame that again, you're talking about how the guy who didn't want anything to do with beer, but it was a way to have a job. And it, it sucks that like this now, just this one option that he didn't even like right. <laughs> has, has gone away from him. Um, do, do you think any of the breweries that were in the area, um, did did they start taking any cues from you guys? Did they even like not necessarily that they're they they're hiring the people who lost their jobs from your place, but did anyone else in the area take on anyone who was kind of in a similar situation? Did you hear any of that? Um, I mean, the first thing I'll I'll jump around on this, but like the first thing that comes to mind is when when we heard that we were going to be closing and we organized uh, what was called a pink slip party which I, I don't know, it's 2022, what you call, whatever you want to call it. it. sounded like a sad party, but um, we had a bunch of local businesses invited that we'd worked with in the past, whether it was like helping a, a black entrepreneur startup or going to donate beer to a church festival, whatever we could do to get our name out there. And we invited all these people down to the brewery to see if uh, you had anything for any of our guys. And some of the questions, even for like, like the volunteer woodworking classes and stuff. Like some of the questions that I would get are like, you know, who do you have that isn't related to a gang at all? Cause we don't want to bring any heat on our woodworking shop. And I was like, I mean, I, I get that. Okay. I can't, I can't shame you for asking that question, but that was the first thing you asked, man. And like, I, I don't think it like, I, maybe I'm being romantic, but I'm not going to try and get you to hire someone that's going to, that's going to have like a shootout at the old corral because the, they wore the wrong colors there. Um, so there was, I think there's just, there's a lot of, I, I, I think in America, there's a lot of perception issues. You know, mm -hmm. if you've never sat down with a black person and had a beer, try it. It's actually pretty fun. If you've never sat down with a with an active gang member with long dreadlocks and a bunch of face tattoos, maybe start with just sitting down with someone different than you and having a beer before you jump all the way in. But I, I, I think there were so many conversations that I got to have with those guys that like, even when I look back at it, like, I know I was coming from, I grew up white kid on a dairy farm, right? Like we all have our own perceptions, but once we kind of break down the barriers, open a beer and start talking, whether we're talking about chess, anime, Lord of the Rings, like whatever it is, it's, it's community at that point. And that's the, that wall we put up between like gang community and, and affluent community or whatever. It doesn't need to exist so harshly. And anyway, so that's, that's me dancing around the subject of like, no one's really reached out to try and help any of our guys. Even if they were like on the marketing or the events team, there is uh, a small like Wilmington kind of brewers Alliance uh, that did ask for a spreadsheet of everybody's resume and experience to see if they could share it uh, with brewers. So there, there might be some things that come of it. Cause our, I mean, more than just brewing, we had, 
four, four or five guys on an events team where they would go out and do festivals or set up events in the tap room and run trivia nights with us and stuff. We had a bunch of people on marketing. We had guys doing camera and, and like uh, production video work and stuff like that. So they had a, a bunch of different opportunities to build a resume. Mm-hmm. Here I am ranting again, but anyways, long story short, uh, I wish there would have been a little bit more, more, not even help, just openness to talk to yeah. our guys than okay. coming than coming in with like, well, you know, we need warehouse help, but not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> Are there any yeah. other people that look like you that we get? But nah. um, but yeah. but there are, and, and not to disparage Wilmington breweries because there's there's uh, there's a brewery downtown uh, Edward Teach that just did a big beer for a bunch of first responders. New Anthem seems like they're always doing charitable things. Highwire down near downtown. Uh, they're big now. They have like five locations, but they do these huge, amazing like drag brunches almost every weekend. They're, they're, they're like the craft brewers in town are very inclusive. It's just, it seems like the black community is left out of craft beer a lot. Mm-hmm. So okay. how, how was the, uh, the community at large uh, accepting of, of the brewery? Uh, were people coming in? No problems. Did you have any issues of people uh, coming in? Not sure what was going on or anything like that. That's a good question, Adam. I mean, I, if I, I was in the tap room every hour that it was open and I didn't, there was, there was uh, one f- like uh, kind of Wilmington brewing godfather who was there in the beginning that came by early on to say hi. Um, but otherwise I didn't see anyone from the breweries come by unless they were trying to get a guest tap handle or something. Um, you know, maybe they're busy or whatever, but I think the, the city as a whole, if that's what you're asking is like, yes, how, how accepted yes, were we? John Q public. It was, it was, it was hard. Uh, I mean, if I was looking at it just from the tap room manager, I would say we had a, we had a, a target on our heads from day one uh, and it, and it wasn't, you know, I took the job thinking how hard is it to open a craft brewery in this town, right? Mm-hmm. With a tap room, like it'd be easy. We're a little different. we got a huge, beautiful fenced in backyard. Um, so people are going to want to come here and check it out. And most of the guests, I mean, they were supportive. We had probably, it was about 50, 50 white people versus black people, which is more than any brewery tap room I've seen in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the black community was coming out because that, you know, they knew someone that worked here, which was part of the reason we wanted people in gangs. Like if, if you're going to change your ways, then spread that to the, to the guys and girls that you, that you work like in your gang that you quote unquote, like work with, like, let them know that they can get healthcare. They should have a savings account. And right. So that when the tap room opened, we got a lot of support from, from those, from some of those people. But then there was a lot of people uh, that looked at what true was doing is like capitalistic. Like uh, they're, they're using people that are in my gang and they're and they're telling me to come back and not use a gun, you know, like, so there was like, uh, it was almost like having an argument with your father-in-law. Like he loves you, but he doesn't want you to do it that way. Skip college and go to HVAC school. Like that was kind of how it seemed like where a lot of their own guys were, were having to justify the decision they made to come work here. Mm-hmm. And in, in the white community, it was like the, really the only people that came in, God bless them, were like hardcore supporters of the mission. And they just wanted to come like support us. Like, can I buy a hat? What can I do to help out? And that was cool. But we never really got a chance to see 
a tap room full of people that wanted to come and hang out or maybe have a conversation with someone different mm-hmm. than them. Like we almost always had some, some, someone, one of our guys in the tap room, uh, either working or playing chess or something, just in case you might want to have a conversation with somebody and, and ask like, what is it like to be in a gang? You know? And we didn't, oh, I, okay. I wish people would have taken advantage of that more just to open their own. I mean, ask any questions you want, right? Like come sit down and, 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 ask instead of just learning from Fox news or wherever you get your info. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or just, you know, your word of mouth on next door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever goddamn nosy Karen's on there. Fucking. <laughs> exactly. Not yeah. wearing UPS uniform, walk by my house, put out the alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It, it does suck that like you, you guys had so many roadblocks, on just like every level between media and between, you know, the community not being able to come out. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, like, I don't necessarily want to ask, but if you can, if you want to answer, go ahead. Uh, but like, aside from also, you know, brewing something, maybe more than a logger to bring in, a, uh, cause I guess when you guys started logger, wasn't, you know, the trend, I think we can say logger is the trend now, mm-hmm. but maybe logger wasn't the trend when you started. Yep. So, you know, maybe brewing something extra. That's like a 2020 hindsight. Is there anything else in the marketing? Like you're just showing up at events. Like were you able to get the beer fest and uh, have interaction that way? Yeah. And it was, I mean, I get looking back on it, it was misleading, um, but uh, to I'll try and answer these two quickly in terms of brewing other beer. We had just, with the tap room open, we had just finished brewing a Mars and we were going to do an Oktoberfest. We had brewed Mm -hmm. a a pale ale for the tap room. And a lot, that was a lot of like our gang brewers were able to brew on a small batch system and put stuff out in the tap room. So that was something we were excited to brew like a basic porter and have some Mm -hmm. of them pick some adjuncts and make their own version of it. Um, Too little, too late. But um, in regards to like getting out there and putting the name out, yeah, we were uh, at, Almost every, we were at the untapped beer festival. We were at Brugaloo out in Raleigh, uh, at almost any at high mountain beer fest, just maybe a couple of weeks ago out near Asheville and Boone, any, any place we were legally allowed to go, we would send two or three guys with a bunch of t-shirts and, uh, usually they would stand out, you know, and people would kind of see, I think you, you know, you look at the average clientele of a beer festival. It's a 40 year old dude and whatever girl has reluctantly hung out with him for that weekend. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they see these guys at the brewery, they're charming, they're optimistic. They're talking about the mission. It, it always goes over really well, but then I, I'll throw, I'll throw dirt at this, like the lager. If we're going to a craft beer festival and I'm telling you the only way to support us is a, a Mick ultra competitor. I mean, it's a good lager, but mm-hmm. it's hard if I don't have yeah. something trendy as well. Right. Kind of bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way I explained craft beer to a lot of the gang guys was like shoes, right? Like Mm -hmm. in the world of shoes and beer, IPAs are sneakers and we're making a great penny loafer, but right. Like we should probably have a sneaker out there too. Right. You're making new balances when you need to bring air ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I was just interested in just like, because 
obviously us being in Pittsburgh, we don't hear too, we didn't hear too too much about True Colors. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't hear much about anybody except for our own stuff, really. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it was just I was just interested on how much you know you guys were able to get out into the community and how hard that was to drag the community in sometimes. So, so it sounds like it wasn't easy. Uh, that's unfortunate, and it's unfortunate that True Colors closed. But hopefully, some someone else will have heard the mission statement and attempt it and see like the good that's come from it, whether it's a brewery or other businesses. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The, the first one through the wall is always bloody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, a lot of the, even as we were wrapping up and kind of cleaning out any beer that was left in the tap room, a lot of the guys that had been there for years at that point were, you know, like they were like, I'm, I'm glad, I, you know, of course I wish it would have went all the way through, but I'm sure Malcolm X had his share of troubles as well. Like at mm-hmm. least we were able to kind of set the groundwork and, the week before we closed, I had someone that had just got out of jail, like the day before, and they were coming into the tap room. Like, I need a job. I need, and my friend told me that I could come here and this would be a straight place for me to work. So like Ward was getting around uh, Wilmington, the city or the county or whatever. Some, some government program has kind of begun to take what true was trying to do and turn it into a more stable situation. So I, I, I think if if there's if there's any good thing, it's that maybe some more people will try to disrupt that uh, perception. I mean, it's not all sunshine and roses. Like some of these some some of the guys that didn't want to come into work or didn't want to stick through it. Like maybe they're not the right people for it. But what I hate is that there's a lot of guys that were the right people for it. You know, mm-hmm. and and for and and their kids would show up and be like, that's you know, they'd see like the true colors logo and they'd be like, that's my dad, you know. And I was like, this is <laughs> that's like, awesome. This is cool, right? Like, yeah. okay. And hopefully they continue to find that uh in in whatever they end up doing next. Awesome. But awesome. I guess we should turn back around to the beers that we've had. So, John, how was your beer? Well, okay, I'll try and answer this objectively, but I still think it was good. Um, the, the way I would sum up my beer is five years ago, I would have never paid attention to it. And now on the precipice of 40, I want more beers that are like that. With age comes wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, new, and new flavors, maybe. I don't, I don't, mind, I don't mind hops. It's okay. But mm. no, this was a good break. Right on. Steve, you're, uh, you're also on that wisdom train going back old school. How was your beer? Yeah, but I'm going. I'm going back to a porter. You know, a far more flavorful beer. I'm sorry, John. It's just, you know, we've been talking, you know, in in R.I.P. to True Colors, but you know, we're talking a Michelob Ultra competitor. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hard to get less flavorful. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, I'm going old school with a porter, but you know, it's still good. And as I mentioned, it is mass market brewed because it's not very uh you know it doesn't push one direction or the other too much it's not it's a good introduction for people which you know great lakes was for a lot of us uh, especially up here on the northern seaboard i would say (laughs) but you know the third coast yeah the third coast but yeah it's it's fine you know it's enjoyable I still will probably ignore it. <laughs> like, you know, I like it, but like, uh, and if it's at a barbecue or a tailgate or whatever, I'm not, I'll drink it if everything else is trash. So, but yeah, it'll still probably get ignored, but it was a nice little trip down memory lane going, oh yeah, hey, Great Lakes, you know, they made this one nice fine style and 
I, as I said, I'll also probably go and check out, you know, oh, what's Dortmunder gold? I haven't had that in forever, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, but it's fine otherwise. All right. Adam? Uh, for me, I mean, come on. It's called What the Fuggle. And it's no meal stuff. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, I want that label on a t-shirt. No doubt about it. I would wear that every day. Well, uh, hopefully somebody from that brewery is listening and they just can give you a link or you can just go on their website. I don't know. It would be a lot cooler they if they one. did. Yeah. But uh, all in all, yeah, good beer, well-crafted. I mean, with an oatmeal stout nowadays, it's kind of going in the same direction as, as kind of like the uh, Eddie Fitz is that it's, you know, it's a baseline beer. It's not going to be over the top. It's not going to have all these, you know, adjuncts and this and that and the other thing. But it's just a good beer. And that's the way this one was. It was just a good beer. And you need that sometimes. Sure. True. I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, brewery, if you don't give Adam his shirt, I'm going to steal your label and make it myself and sell it on Public. And there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably end up with one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Nice. Can, can I interject real quick, even though I know this is your podcast, but can I ask you, Steve, what would what would Great Lakes have to do to get you to run out to the store and grab a six pack of Eddie Fitz? Like what what would they toss in there? What would they toss in? Um. That's a good question. It would probably be like a six pack of another variety of beers, <laughs> and that's fine. Like I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm easily bought. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, I it, it may have sounded harsh of what I was saying about Edmund Fitz, but yeah, to get me to go buy a six pack of Edmund Fitz, just give me a variety pack of the other Great Lakes beers. <laughs> Make sure it's got a Nosferatu in there. Make sure yeah. it's got a Dortmunder Gold. You know, throw me something kind of wild off the taps that I wouldn't usually get in a bottle. Yeah. Honestly, that's a fair bought. deal. Yeah, I'm easily bought. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an exciting six pack too. I was hoping yeah. you were going to say like cinnamon toast Fitzgerald, but oh, <laughs> but I like where you went. Vietnamese coffee, Edmund Fitz is where you'll really. I'll just buy it as is. I'll just buy the sixer as is. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, John, I'm going to steal that question for future episodes. Please do. <laughs> that is an excellent question. I'm stealing that. Yeah, I want to hear more people's answers too, and, and yourself as well, Adam. I mean, I guess they could just fuggle it. Yeah, exactly. Just Edmund you know, two X fuggle. Damn it! Damn it! I was taking a drink and I couldn't get to the mic fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even have to be bought. I'll just buy it again. I don't mind. I'm good with it. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back segment two. We'll talk a little more with John. And we'll have another beer. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm John. And we host the Beard Owl Podcast. The podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Al. And a bunch of other stuff. That's right. Do you like nostalgia? Do you like sibling banter? Do you like beer? Do you like Weird Al? Are you human? If you answered yes to any of those questions, give us a listen. Become one of our loyal commenters. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dear listener, especially you, for coming back for segment two of the Hop Nation USA podcast, episode 264, if I remember correctly. I like to think that I did. You got it. Yes. 
I'm Adam. That's Steve. John Spencer's with us too. We're drinking beer. It's fantastic. Yeah. Shall we talk about the beers that we're having for this round? Yeah. Steve, I'll let you go first. What you drinking on? Sure. I am revisiting. Well, yeah, I'm just having a brewery that we have on pretty regularly, I would say. Okay. I'm drinking from the O'Fallon Brewery again. <laughs> and uh, I have brought on the Pumpkin Seed Oktoberfest. Ah. Because we're still in Oktoberfest, so I can still drink Oktoberfest beers. But uh, apparently this one is an October. It, it's kind of bridging the gap between pumpkin beer and Oktoberfest beer because they're using pumpkin seeds in the malt. Hmm. But it's not like a pumpkin beer. I mean, Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's fun in thought. <laughs> in execution. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, I mean, it's not really, it's not bad. It's just not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, there's, there's no like way you could tell that there's pumpkin seeds in this beer. I'll be honest. I I have no idea what a pumpkin seed tastes like. Like a sunflower seed, but yeah, different a little maybe. Okay. All right. I, no clue. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you eat them like a sunflower seed. You put them in the oven, you roast them, throw a little seasoning on top of them. It is what it is. Okay. There's fair. no way you could tell you. There's no way you could tell that this it, that's in this though. <laughs> kind of. So it's kind of a marketing angle. Yeah, uh, right. I would say comparatively to the Oktoberfest that we had last week, um, mm. this one is the driest of the ones that we've. Yeah, it is this beer is like super dry. Is it? Is it a brute <laughs> Oktoberfest? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I uh, a Bruterfest. Yeah. Like it, the the color you can see comes very off, like a like a Marzen, but I don't know if it's more like of a Vespier version or not. Um, but yeah, it's it's nowhere near as sweet as the ones we had last week. Okay, uh, it's not sweet. Flavor profile is pretty muted. There's nothing super interesting going on here. Um, maybe it needs to be a little warmer or something. But yeah, it's pretty unremarkable otherwise. Weird. So, Okay. <laughs> well, enjoy your uh, tour of Ohio. So. Uh, that's not right, but sure. <laughs> Wait, no, they're oh, not, are they? They're out of St. Louis. So yes, they are. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Couple states, couple states more. Same thing. <laughs> it's all it's it's all flyover country. It's all the same. You can say enjoy your Flatlander beers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, John, what are you drinking on? Um. So one, I love the the reviews that you guys do. Like in the world of food and beer and wine and everything, you may be the only honest reviewers that I get to listen to. (laughs) Um, And so uh, anyways, transitioning off of that, I'm drinking from a local brewery in Wilmington. I'm a big new Anthem fan and I'm drinking a new Anthem beer. They're mostly known for their haze beers. Even their lagers are hazy, but this one's called candy flip, Hmm. which initially made me think, is this like ecstasy and LSD in a beer? (laughs) It is not, Um, but it tastes close. It's a mixed firm Chardonnay and Syrah aged uh, sour blended with a Belgian dark strong. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there because that's what New Anthem does to me. Uh, But it's it's darker than I would have expected. It's, it's you can read through it, but it's like reading through maybe Syrah colored glasses. Yeah. And, uh, and it's That's weird. Wild. as shit. 
it's 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 seven point two percent, so it kind of sits around that sweet high sessionable ABV, if that's a thing I can make up on the fly. <laughs> um, and it drinks a lot more. You have to work to drink this as compared to the basically Lacroix of beers I just got done with. There's a lot more stuff going on in here. Yeah, that that sounds really interesting. I don't even know if that's in something that like I would initially pick out to enjoy, but like all the interesting notes going on, knowing that it's blended with a Belgian and a sour blended together. Yeah, I would try it. I don't yeah, know. That I, I, I'd have to get I'd have to get one myself. Yeah, it's it's definitely a one and done or maybe yeah. a one for later. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I could drink a six pack of these. In fact, I do know that I could not. <laughs> maybe it's, you know, it's like an a- after dinner aperitif or something <laughs> yeah actually that's a good that's probably how you could sell it at the tap room like this would be either a port a tawny port or maybe a candy flip <laughs> it's unfortunate though that it didn't come corked with a uh, pacifier for your oh, club kid <laughs> oh geez such a missed opportunity there <laughs> uh steve you need to get into marketing too yeah, I know. Cause I tried to sell our bud seltzer, you know, but then like Bud Light wasn't like that. They're like, no, we're not trying to have you have our Bud Dwyer on our labels. I'm like, nah, you <laughs> nope. don't get it. Nope. <laughs> Nobody gets it. <laughs> Adam, what are you drinking? Oh my goodness. So I am going in a bit different direction. I'm actually going to the beautiful state of Maryland. Uh have something from Burley Oak. This is their banana painkiller dream. Ooh. It is yeah. it is a ridiculous sour lactose as far as the eye can see uh it's a painkiller with banana in it uh i don't know if you ever had a a painkiller uh cocktail they're delicious uh for those in the pittsburgh area it's essentially like hitchhikers 18.44 with banana in it there you go uh but if you take a look at the glass uh this glass is going to be a mess by the time we're all said and done (laughs) Yeah, it, that's a real gloop glop some bitch. Yeah, it is not it is not lacing. It is just hangers on. <laughs> it can can we coin a phrase and say it's dingling? Like yes, slamming. it is dingling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because holy cow, I'm gonna have to take the scrub brush to this one when we're done. Nice. <laughs> but it's really good. Man. This is this is fatty boy treats. Damn mm. it. I'm I'm sitting here with this fucking beer and i'm like <laughs> jealous of everybody else no you got pumpkin seeds man those are good for your antioxidants or something yeah, probably they marketing be. <laughs> i say if you have to use antioxidants to market your beer you've already <laughs> lost <laughs> better be good for me <laughs> just, just me and like buyer's remorse sitting <laughs> well pumpkin uh i'm i'm i won't say anything more pumpkin but banana that's an untapped market Put more of that in beer, please. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think we, that's another one we all broke in on, though, was uh, Wells Banana Bread. Yeah. Who the fuck didn't love that beer back right. in the day? And guess what? It's still sitting on the shelf waiting for you to come back. Yeah. They even relabeled it. I still pass it. <laughs> I go, oh, hey, it got a new label. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just pointed at it, looked at it, and then went somewhere else, anyways. It's like, hey, I remember you. And then you just walk on. <laughs> There's something I haven't tried here somewhere and it ends up being pumpkin seed Oktoberfest. Yeah. Well, so let me, let me ask this question. Where'd you get it, Steve? The Oktoberfest? Yes. I got it from, I got it from Ohio. Of course. I mean, that's where they get the most of filing. They get it, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. I assume it was, uh, was it the Calcutta Eagle? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah because well because again as i'm saying at the top of the show we're doing dave's beer in front uh awards and i know that mix of six always has a bunch of those beers in there mm-hmm. so i i did get more than just edmund fitz i got a couple other ones um and then i was like ah, this is here it's not a it's that that whole mix of six is full of pumpkin beers of course it is but i don't drink pumpkin beers till october at least but i was like I'll bridge the gap and I'll do the <laughs> I'll do the seed <laughs> Oktoberfest. It worked. Yeah. Their brilliant yeah. marketing worked mm-hmm. on you. They hooked you. They, they got, got you. me. Yeah, they tricked me. They boomed me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, else is having something interesting and I'm just here having fucking Oktoberfest. Damn it. <laughs> it looked interesting. I'll yeah, give them yeah. that. Sure. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and for as for me, uh, shout out to uh, uh, my friend Dave. Uh, he hooked me up with this beer. Uh, hooked them up with some other beer. So thank you, Dave, if you're listening. If you're not, listen, you'll get thanked. <laughs> if you give us beers, we will talk about you. Yes, we will. Usually yeah. in a positive light. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever given us some real trash. So <laughs> I'm trying Mission to accepted. There's yeah. there's one there's one and I'm not gonna go back into it. No, we're not. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> there's one and I won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, admittedly, there is one that was already known to be trash when it was brought on. Oh, are you talking pickle beer? Yeah. Pickle beer beer is great. I hated that beer. Yeah. (laughs) That was god awful and tasted like feet. (laughs) So, okay, John, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's refresh on some of the Wilmington activities. Has your area gotten into pickle beers? (laughs) No, I'm going to say no. The closest we've gotten is a cucumber dill. Okay. Okay. Um, that comes from a brewery that I would never suggest anyone visit. Like they're basically <laughs> an event space. Uh, they do beautiful weddings and they sort of make beer. But a couple of years ago, they made this cucumber dill, and one of the guys I was working with brought a growler of it in. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, no, thanks. But it, it was actually really good. So yeah. it, it, was, it was maybe the one thing they've done that, that could have been good. Yeah. Cucumber dills can be pretty refreshing. We we've had a couple of, especially at like homebrew events, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just noted, you know, p- pickles are a pretty big part of the cuisine up here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we've had a number, number of p- pickle beers. We even have a pickles burg fest. So of course that draws out. Yeah. That draws out even more pickle beers, but like they've been proliferating throughout the Midwest. And then the one we were talking about that Adam hates was from Texas and it was a grape. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this trend of putting Kool-Aid in the pickle jar. Was that Martin house? Yeah. Martin house. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. They're gross, but also there I'd buy one of everything they make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a one and done. Try it. Yeah. Like, it's it's the most novelty thing and they figured it out they got you <laughs> <laughs> don't stick your finger in that okay and then you always stick your finger in there yeah, at I've least once yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll just get a uh, good you, shock it won't kill you are you guys uh pickle backers up in pittsburgh is that a big thing too it can be yeah yeah i i've done them it's not my like go-to but yeah yeah, you can definitely find picklebacks up here. You can find pickle anything, really. <laughs> yeah, if it's gross and from the Midwest, we've got it in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, if it's, uh, you might be incorrect in saying it's from the Midwest, and it might be gross, and we invented it. 
That's true too. Because again, when we were talking to Dave, there's a good chance that Chicago stole pierogies from us. So mm. <laughs> uh, there's a big discussion about how the Poles stole pierogies from Italy too. But I guess it all comes back to someone's grandma. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's is it okay now that we're Pittsburghing? I've heard of a of a Pittsburgh toilet. I think it is. Or a, a oh Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh yeah. potty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, tell me that's not like that's not in everyone's house, is it? It's in a lot of houses, especially mm-hmm. ones that were built in like World War Two, in the World War Two area. Uh, it was. It's basically just a toilet for the people who don't know. It's a toilet in the basement that is just open, like <laughs> it's, yeah, it's in the middle of the floor, like yeah. just a folding chair, but it yeah. happens to be a toilet. A toilet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it works in everything, but like, yeah, it just for whatever. I don't. I, I can't even remember the reasons why. So I believe the reason was. Uh, Back in the day when all the steel mills were were running hot and heavy, yeah. uh, a lot of the workers would come back and change in the basement. Yeah, and so okay. when they change, they go to the bathroom because they didn't want to mess up, you know, the good toilet upstairs. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes sense now because my my grandfather uh, was he was a mechanic on the T and the incline, and like even. You know, after he retired, though, he's still just had a habit of like changing in the basement. Mm-hmm. He just like kept like he kept his change of clothes like in a locker in the basement. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You come home yeah. from work, you walk into the basement, change into your, you know, your clothes that weren't covered with soot and everything else. And then you could go about the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. I didn't think we'd be yep. talking about that this episode, but I'm glad that we did. Hey, it's a, it's a curiosity that like we never bring up, but it takes an outsider like John to like, do you guys really keep toilets in your basement? What's up with that? I mean, it, when I first heard about it, I thought that's weird and probably happened to one person's house. But then really, I don't have kids. I would love a giant open <laughs> shit like, yeah. with the air moving around. Oh, yeah. Look out the window. Why don't we live this way? Why do we hide it? Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh basements are full of two things. Uh, the Pittsburgh potty and then the drinks fridge, which is mm-hmm. where you keep all the drinks and the, uh, the, the, the ice bars, the, the freezy pops. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have something for July and August. Absolutely. <laughs> so what do you say we get into a quick game just okay. to, to get to know John a little bit better? We've played sure. this multiple times, John, you or uh, Steve, you get to play too. Sure. But, uh, we're going to play word. Hmm. So, John, and for those not familiar, uh, Word is a very simple game. Uh, we blatantly stole it from, pardon the interruption, on, on ESPN. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a phrase with a blank, and all you have to do is fill in the blank. That's easy. Sounds easy. So I'll give you a, this one's pretty easy. We've got a bit on this topic already, so it's an easy segue. So, uh, John, I'll start with you. Uh, the impact of pumpkin beers this year has been blank. Forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. I'll answer these all like first thing that comes to mind, personal, yes, personal please. views only. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. You are talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, disinterested. I, yeah. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah. The, the only thing that caught my eye was it was, it's the Southern tier pumpkin festival. And it only caught my eye because not because it was pumpkin, but because they had, two beers and I didn't know what the fuck the difference was and nobody was posting what the difference was. They had a spicy uh, habanero pumpkin version okay. 
And then they had one that was just called Fire Pumpkin. Was that like a cinnamon or something? I don't know. Nobody was saying anything. <laughs> you gotta go to find out. They weren't fucking posted about it. I'm like, well, did they just make, and it makes sense that like they would make a cinnamon fireball-esque mm-hmm. and just like mix two things that are garbage into each other and like here, drink it, you fucking pig. But <laughs> Maybe it's pumpkin seed. Yeah. Maybe they did that. Yeah. <laughs> did, uh, did either of you guys, uh, do you get Southern Tier down there, John? I assume you do because it's because uh, of the tap room, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, part of that that business conglomerate that happened out in Charlotte with Victory as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I grew up Southern Tier was like ten minutes away from where I grew up, so I oh, still like right I have a soft spot for them. Yeah. Did, so did you see the 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 other nightmare they unleashed this year, which was the 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 pumpkin abides or the king abides, which is a basically a pre mix white Russian with pumpkin seasoning. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, nope. <laughs> I mean, bravo for, you know, that's like when you say abides that taps right, right into my age range. So mm-hmm. good yeah, job. Yeah. Exactly. I like, I didn't have to pick it up or anything. I saw it and I was like, I know immediately what that is. Yeah. But <laughs> I've already had a version of this. Yep. And it didn't yeah. End well. yeah. I was just wondering if anybody, saw, anybody else has seen that nightmare. I feel like I'm the only one because it's mostly sold in Ohio. Uh, for us because ohio's liquor laws are different from ours they can sell like crazy goof-ass mixed cocktail shit you know without putting it into the uh state store we're similar down here in carolina you basically buy your liquor from the post office gotcha gotcha (laughs) pennsylvania is slowly coming around they're thinking about getting into the 20th century not even the 21st just the 20th century (laughs) but uh all right steve We'll start you off on this next one. Uh-huh. Sam Adams giving out beer for people named either Sam or Adam is blank. So the story behind this is uh, to celebrate their anniversary. Uh, they are giving away uh, $10 gift certificates to people named either Sam or Adam or Samantha or Samir or anything like that in the range of Sam or Adam. What are your thoughts? It is yeah. blank. Man, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> okay. All right. It's just like eh, they didn't say no, Steve's. So <laughs> you just write your name real scribble like it'll be yeah. fine. It looks yeah. like Sam. <laughs> yeah, I got a shitty signature. It's fine. <laughs> John, same question. Uh Sam Adams giving out beer to people named either Sam or Adam is blank. Yeah, I feel the pressure of this, but I mean okay, so I'm gonna can I answer in like a quick phrase? Yes. Okay. So I want to say cry for help. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Please expand. Well, I mean, okay. So you're narrowing it down to Sam and Adam, which is what, mm-hmm. like 1% of the population in this country, give or take. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're giving away a lot of free beer. You're just looking for name relevancy. And I would say, make a good beer, which you kind of do like their Oktoberfest yeah. isn't bad, but right. uh, giving away a $10 beer coupon to people named Sam and Adam seems like, like, Oh, it's my last try before they fire me from marketing. Uh, <laughs> it, it really does ring. Like a lot of the goofier promotions, uh, natural light and like Miller have been running. We just go, what the fuck are you guys doing? 
<laughs> it did exactly what it was supposed to and got us to talk about it. Yeah. 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 For that. Yeah. And I'll say if I really wanted to take advantage of it, like I know a Sam who would just give up that money to me because he doesn't drink Sam Adams. So, <laughs> yeah, and the reason that I avoid Sam Adams isn't the cost. That's one thing to have going for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say all Sam Adams beer is free next Thursday. And I still probably wouldn't get out to the store to pick some up. Um, unless, unless they had like one of their, uh, like their long shot series or mm. like queen, queen B, they did like a brag at me. Like, give me some, oh, I, yeah. I like to drink weird stuff. Yeah. Queen, queen B was fucking good back in the day. I like yes. that. Um, I don't know if they said it was free I, and I could go just get a free six pack of cherry weed up wood. <laughs> <laughs> so going old school. I like it. If it was free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So as one of the, uh, one percenters who, his name's Adam. I I probably still wouldn't sign up. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? See, I okay. So that's that's the nail in the coffin. You're the you're the market. I'm the guy, and I don't really care. Yeah, I agree. Now, Adam, I, yes, I hate to keep bringing this up. That's fine because because well, no, it's 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 I keep bringing up Dave and his beer in front thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's getting a lot of free promotion on this episode. <laughs> But I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Well, that's okay though. But uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager is on that list. <clears throat> okay. So you can essentially try to get like a free Boston Lager to do your list. You know what? For the good of the show, I'd be willing to do. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's for the greater good. And I like this program. It reminds me of like flagship February. I tried to do once and go back and drink like Sierra Nevada pale ale and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's anytime you can bring me back to Wells banana bread, which I'll probably go buy this weekend. Yes. Now that it's back <laughs> at the top of your brain. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, Making changes. You just got to find a good mix of six that has, you know, that has this shit in it. Cause like I almost always round out a mix of six with like a bell's too hearted. If I can't yeah. find anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I probably drink Bell's too hard in 90 minute on the clo- on the quiet more than people would expect. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's really not anything to keep quiet. That's no, it's so not good. nothing to keep quiet, but it's also nothing to brag about. It's like, <laughs> I'm down in another 90 minutes. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, to be fair, 10 years ago, you would have been bragging on it. True. Oh, yeah, totally did. Yeah. Yeah. The 10 years ago, I drank like three 90 minutes in a night and I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> wrote in your diary the next day i yeah. had a good day mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh our last one the co2 shortage for beer these last few weeks has been blank john um i first thing that comes to mind is 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 american as long um, as it's not american like because that sucks right <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah american that's what that's what I would say, because uh, I am American and it seems like every week something like this is happening now. So it doesn't shock me the way that it probably did when it happened in Britain a couple of what decades ago or years mm-hmm. ago or however time works. I don't know. Time yeah. is a construct. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I would say overinflated. Oh, that's good. a good word. Just because like we've so we've learned from breweries in our area because Pennsylvania engages in so much natural gas drilling, we're not going to have that shortage. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's plenty of other places 
you know, across the country that aren't going to, but because that Northeast Boston, Massachusetts area is very affected and there's so many hype breweries as well as Boston beer, you know, they, they've blown it out of proportion and just, but it also gave them a news story for, you know, two weeks for everybody to ignore, like, like how they're running can shortage Mm -hmm. for the last two years. Yeah. 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 But like still all of us have gotten our stuff in cans. So, and this CO2 shortage has been happening in the next two weeks for the last two months. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I think we're fine. I mean, PA is especially fine, uh, but we'll see. It's hard for us to say any of us have been impacted completely. We've seen regular inflation among beer, I would say, you know, like the, the, the same, not regular inflation, but comparable inflation. Mm -hmm. It's all rising at the same rate. Yeah. But we're not, we're not fucking like paying $20 for, you know, a one can. That's not, (laughs) that's not a special release. (laughs) Yet. Yet more nitrous beers. (laughs) Yeah. I'm here for it. So with Cascale or Cascale. Ooh, there you oh, go. Yeah. Oh, real That's, old school. We haven't done yeah. that yet in this country, I don't think. Not too, too much. Again, embarrassment of riches in Pittsburgh. We had a uh, bar that was called Piper's Pub, and they had a Cascale uh, night every week. Ah. Yeah. But yeah, they've been closed for a minute because of COVID, but you know, someday they'll come back. <laughs> someday. And when that happens, it'll be a good day. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, more real ale in America. Let's start drinking warm ass fucking bitters, boy. <laughs> Fair point. Like I said, if anybody needs somebody in marketing, talk with Steve. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Warm ass banana bitters. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, so that's how you play Word. Uh, so, John, thank you for coming on the show. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, John. Honestly, you guys, you guys, may, I'm, I'm recently unemployed. Uh, if you haven't heard about True Colors, this was a lot of fun, guys. I appreciate the, uh, the offer to talk. And I appreciate you coming on and talking candidly about it. Uh, we need more of that in the world. Indeed. Yeah. And also just being able to spread the message. You know, our, our, we don't have the hugest listenership in, in the world, but, you know, hopefully it'll touch at least one or two people and give them a positive feeling towards, you know, what the mission true colors was and something that they didn't know about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but John, I want to, you know, you mentioned you're recently unemployed, but like, do you, do you have an idea of where you might be headed next? Uh, n- no, I think that's a really safe question to ask, but uh, I've been employed steadily since like 99. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys were talking to David Paul Seymour a little while ago, and he said he would have never started doing label art for bands and breweries had he not been laid off. And I was listening to that episode, like as I was cleaning out the tap room at True, and I was like, son of a bitch, all right, maybe this is like, uh, so anyways, long story short, I don't have any plans. I like wood and beer. And um, and I'm, I'm going to just keep messing with those things until I either run out of my mortgage payments or find a way to make money on them. Right so, on. Wood and beer. That sounds like Cascales are coming to Wilmington. <laughs> Cascales wow. back again. Boom. Thanks, Thanks Adam. <laughs> I'll call my first one. Fug- fuggle. Nope. Never mind. I'm going to save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tease the audience. Yeah. Tease them to come in. Tease them. I'll throw this out there. You mentioned something before we got on the air of you're into beer and mushrooms. 
And I know the psilocybin market's opening up pretty heavy on the West Coast. Would you consider heading out that way or just even doing remote work? If it's related to psilocybin, I think that's another thing that can help people change their perceptions. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually married to a supporting wife that uh, works remotely in the cannabis industry doing data stuff. You know, what you do on Mm -hmm. your own is what you do on your own. But I think if there's anyone listening to this that is curious about psilocybin, I, I would say research it. Um, and, and, and to your point, Steve, yeah, uh, that would be, uh, an exceptional way to try and get people to uh, see the world differently. It's like, it's like a month of travel in an afternoon. Nice. Nice way to put that. (laughs) So coming soon, John will be running the, the cafe of a a, a (laughs) psilocybin tea shop, perhaps (laughs) with cascales. With Cascales. <laughs> the realest ales you'll ever try from cow poop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cascales in a tea shop with a little bit of psilocybin on the side. <laughs> so you put a cat in there, you'd be printing money. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's free. The cat is $7 an hour. To sit on your lap. Yeah. yeah. There will yeah. be a line around the corner. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck to you, John, if you find yourself running a cat cafe with psilocybins and beers and whatever else and sandwiches and maybe Rubens, but <laughs> I, I, I appreciate how you slipped Rubens in there. Love Rubens. <laughs> Me but, too. Yeah. In the meantime, though, if you want to reach out to us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA in your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, anything that starts in pod or ends in cast, and especially go on that good pods. Use that app. Give us five stars because... We are a six pumpkin seed show, but they only let us use five. That's a bigger crime than saying there's pumpkin seeds. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's actually my own fault. They got you. They got you. Yes, they boomed me. And also, it was just my own fault. Like, what did I expect? What did I expect pumpkin seed to really come through on a beat? I don't know. I just got, I just got tricked by marketing. You got excited. It happens to the best of us. I was like, it's, oh, it's an Oktoberfest. This will make perfect sense for the show. God damn it. It, Well, it did. (laughs) It just didn't. The beer itself just didn't execute. Yeah, the beer is just, beer is fine. But right. right. All right. So with that, uh, John, thank you very much. Uh, We'll be back again next week with something. I don't know what. Did you, did you have anything else that you wanted to promote, John, before we go? Nah, it's just me. Um, We did for what it's worth finish making and fermenting a beer that was going to be a collaboration with Miller High Life, which is like one of those macro beers that somehow got issued into the craft okayness. Mm. Um, and it was really, I wish I could have had something to say about it, but it never hit distribution. So there's not even like one can out there that anyone would be able to find. Gotcha. Ooh, secret beers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Greg, Greg might be the only public check-in of that beer on untapped. Cause I oh. put it on there just for him. He came to an event bef- before it was released. That's awesome. <laughs> Greg's well, maybe, you know, you still have some contacts back at untapped and you can get a special badge just for Greg <laughs> for his one check-in. How awesome would that be? <laughs> just a Greg badge. He deserves yeah. one of all the people. Greg does. Dude. He does. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, I think we're done. 
yeah uh yeah thanks again john for coming on and uh we'll see you next week